I'm Amina Zina, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. Yo, what up? It's me, your girl, Amina Zina. We're going to be talking today about my life in New York City and living alone and everything that's been going on in my head and welcome to the show is stay fit, stay lit. I really mean that. I want to be my best, fittest self every single day forever. Like, I'm going to be J-Lo and Shakira. They're 50 years old. If you haven't seen that video yet, the Super Bowl halftime, J-Lo and Shakira in their 50s going on 25, looking great. Like, that's always been my mindset about fitness and health. Like, I definitely am going to be fit and lit my whole life. So, Welcome to the show. If you're here for the first time, I'm your host. It's your girl, Amina Zina. I'm a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and I'm a DJ, and that's me, and that's what I've been doing for the past 12 years. And if you're back, thanks for showing up because the podcast is now about a year old. So happy birthday to us. We made it. Thanks so much to everybody that's been supporting me, shouting me out on IG stories, sending me really nice messages about the show. I appreciate y'all. So Anyways, let's go ahead and get into today's topic, which is just, yeah, like I said, pretty much just me sharing what's been going on in my crazy ass life in my head. And Mercury is in retrograde for those of you that are in the spiritual tarot card, what is it, zodiac world, astrology. I'm in that world. Like, I definitely know about it, but I'm not like fully there. Like, I'm definitely. I appreciate it. I like it. I definitely believe in energy and quantum physics and things like that. And as far as Mercury retrograde goes, like, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that there's a certain time when Mercury, the some sort of orbit of the planet, makes life really weird for a few weeks. And apparently it's going to be going on until June 22nd. So, and I kind of have been feeling in such a weird place. Like, I can't even believe we're halfway through 2021. Like, where did this year go again? 2020, I feel like, really shifted some habits and paradigms in the world. And honestly, I feel like I still haven't quite even processed all the changes and effects. Like, I'm definitely going with the flow and I'm here for it. It's just at the same time, it's also a lot to deal with. And I know personally, I just had to acknowledge it for like the first time. I was like, yo, honestly, I think, 2020 affected me. I think when you're in it, you know, hindsight is 2020. Wow. Wow. I didn't even plan that, you know, like, but it's true. It's when you look back and you have that step away from the situation, you can sometimes see it more clear. And I think 2020 was like running with like a blindfold on. I never saw that movie, but I know there's that movie where everybody's walking around with blindfolds on the whole time. Like that's how it felt. Bird's eye or some shit like that. I don't know. But um, yeah, basically, it's funny because I went to the bodies exhibit once when I was in Atlanta on like a little vacation with my brother. We both went and we got to simulate what it would be like to be a blind person in society. And we had to walk around and it was kind of interesting because like your other senses really sharpen like, yeah, like you can't see it really is pitch black, but all of a sudden your hearing is a little bit better. Your smelling is a little bit better. So the body can really adapt to any situation you put it in. I found it really interesting. But anyways, my whole point was that 2020 definitely changed my life. It gave me a moment to sit back and reflect on 
living in New York City for eight years, uh, being in Amsterdam, really thinking about what I want for the future because I feel like sometimes in life it's so easy. Once you find that thing and that flow, you get on autopilot with it. I remember having moments in New York where when I'd finally found those key aspects, like the first few months I was there were crazy. So let's just go ahead. I'm going to give you all a backstory on my life. I'm from West Virginia, born and raised in like a small country town. And yeah, growing up, I was a fat kid basically. And I got myself in shape. I went to college in my hometown. And in college is when I really started my business is when 2009. And I became a spin instructor and I started just really working on myself. I got an internship in Washington, D.C., I ended up moving to New York 10 days after I graduated college with $18,000 worth of debt, no job lined up, no friends, no place to live. Like I was running on pure energy and I kind of wanted to talk about that and how to follow your intuition and how to know when you're supposed to really take action on something versus not, you know, I feel like I'm pretty successful in my own definition of success, like I've been running a business for 12 years. I've lived in my two dream cities on my own, fully funded, you know, traveling the world. I'm fit. I got a boyfriend that I feel like is really great for me. So I feel like in my own way, I'm doing good. Just like a little overview. I know I have a long way to go, yo. And that's really what I wanted to talk about too, is like what's next and playing the long game as well. So Moving to New York was a major thing in my life, obviously. It really changed the entire course of how I move, how I think, who I am. Like, so much of who I am and even a little bit of my identity is wrapped up in my time spent in New York and being in New York and living in Harlem of all places. Like, I went from living in the most basic, like, white country town. Like, yeah, it was a college town, but... Midwest, you know, standard American hometown to Harlem, New York. Like, what? I went from zero to 100 real fucking quick, man. New York City is not a game. It is definitely survival of the fittest out there. And real talk, I'm one of the fittest. So it worked out for me and it was cool and I had a great time. But it was really fucking hard, man. It was just, it like... New York is such like a toxic relationship. You got to hate it to love it. You got to put up with some crazy like the MTA subway. The New York City subway is something from another galaxy. It is a whole nother walk of life. I highly recommend you follow the Instagram account subway creatures if you need to get an idea because you will see humans that you don't even know were humans different walks of life different languages different art displays i mean people just full on in costumes dancing transporting couches and house plants and sometimes you might get on there and it's just sometimes it's packed you can't even i mean and people sit on you people literally sit on you i hated that about the new york city subway and you kind of need the subway you can do the cab thing. I had moments where I was taking cabs like exclusively, but it adds up and the ride isn't that much more comfortable. And they have this thing called Uber Pool. So in New York anyways, like I don't think Uber Pool really exists in other cities. Like I'm not sure, but in New York it's because there's just so many people. There's bound to be at least 10, 15 people headed in the exact direction and cross streets you're going. So it'll just pick up people as you go. So it's just like a bus, but it's a car. Like it's somebody driving a car, but it's just like, 
and then people are just rubbing up against you in the summertime. Everyone's all hot and just like rubbing their sweaty body on you. So I stood so much in the subway because I just could not. I hated when people would just sit next to me and rub their skin on me. Like that's too much of a personal transfer of energy for me. Like really being in physical contact with somebody is for me reserved. Like that shit is not just supposed to be for strangers. So like that part of New York was driving me crazy. Like as much as I love New York, getting around is so challenging. Like whether you take a cab, the subway, if you bike, it just good luck. You're going to get hit sooner or later. Like I believe in everything. I believe in infinite possibilities. Like I believe that, you know, you could be totally safe riding a bike in New York, but shit, you know what I mean? You got to be on some good ass energy 24 seven because every single biker I know in New York city, which is about, I'd say I know like 15 to 20 bikers, like people that I personally know through the gym that I have met and spoken to more than 10 times. Like usually actually almost all these people were people that were trainers or people that were coming to my classes at the gym. I mean, go figure. I'm a biker. I track bikers. So like, yeah, a lot of my biker friends, every single one of them in New York city has been hit except one girl. I have one friend, she rides a bike and she hasn't been doored yet, but like I'm talking terrible accidents. I mean, drug under cars, missing teeth, broken knees, like, because the awareness to ride a bike in New York isn't there. Like in Amsterdam where I live now, so I've been living here for two years and I think I'm hooked on riding a bike everywhere. I think it's so hard for me to go anywhere now and not be able to like ride my bike to get places. I freaking love it. It's the best part of Amsterdam to me. It's like the number one reason is like, great, I can just get places so easily And see, this is the oversharing shit I was talking about. I don't really want to overshare, but growing up, like, we had to always need a car, and I just hate needing a car, and it just feels so, like, to me, cars are just not the main vibe. I do like cars. It's a moment, but on a day-to-day level, I'm not really a car person, and, like, yeah, so I grew up in a hometown where you needed a car. It was just too much of a hassle. And then I lived in Washington, D.C. for a little bit, and the public transportation wasn't that good it wasn't that like reliable and it wasn't that popping like it it just was shut down after hours you had to wait like 10-15 minutes sometimes for a train like nobody got time for that so in New York the subway is there supposed to be there every two to five minutes see y'all this is what I'm saying like how many minutes have I been talking about the subway straight this is your life in New York like do you really want to have to go through waiting Like, New York City, you never know what you're going to get. You could easily end up getting somewhere 25 minutes early because you get on the train and it just speeds down the express track. Or most often, you're going to be 20, 30 minutes late because you left on time, you did everything in your power to make sure you was going to get everywhere on time, but some motherfucking bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, the train dispatcher, like, traumatic. It's just right. Exactly. So... That's just a huge element of New York City that no matter how much money you have, no matter how good your career is, your social life and shit, dealing with that train, if you have to use it a lot. So I think after 2020, New York will be different because now people are more used to working at home. I think there's less reliance on the train now. I think people are still a little bit freaked out. So I think New York after 2020, like I actually went and visited during 2020 and I kind of like 
you know, obviously the pandemic is terrible. It's a terrible thing that happened. It is, you know, a horrible, awful thing. I would have never wished it to happen. But the good part of it is that I think New York really shifted in a lot of fundamental ways it needed to shift because New York City was too crowded before. It was too unsanitary. People were too, like, the train was never clean, just mad asbestos, like, asbestos. Like, New York City is a health risk. Like, as much as I love New York City, your health, your hearing, everything get affected in New York. Boo-boo, your skin, your nails, it's low. You're going to be in the best shape of your life, though. New York City, I'm going to get you in shape because you're walking everywhere. So that's the great thing about New York is, like, you don't even have to try that hard. You're going to be naturally lean. So N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, just walking around. And that's the thing in New York. You're easily going to walk up 10 flights of stairs a day. Like, I lived in a fifth-floor walk-up. My class schedule was crazy. I would be in and out of my apartment two, three times a day, every day, six, seven days a week, always. Like, I walked up a fifth-floor walk-up. Three times a day. Plus, like I said, New York City is like, it's fun. It feels like a jungle gym. At the same time, though, I don't like walking everywhere. I just feel like I like having a vehicle, but I want that vehicle to be easy, light. Like in LA, you got to pay to park. In DC, you got to pay to park. New York, like, who got time to be paying to park, getting gas? Like, that shit is crazy. I can't do it. I love living a life where I don't need a car. And, I really next want to get like a motorcycle or a Vespa. So that'll be a little different. That's a totally different energy. Right now I'm doing my e-bike shit and I'm on it. You know what I mean? Like New York City is so exciting though. I do miss like the good thing about New York is like it's it it's what makes New York good is also what makes it bad. New York is just the ultimate catch 22 because you could turn a corner and end up in some crazy ass, you know, law and order SVU, real life crazy ass, you know, crime scene, for real, legit, like no cap, or you could turn the corner and end up in the best opportunity of your life. And I'll give you an example of both. So one day I woke up to somebody getting shot literally outside of my building. Like I could see everything happening. I didn't see that actual thing happen. But I heard the guns, I heard the guy screaming, calling for an ambulance, he got shot in the leg, so he didn't die, but, you know, I come downstairs, there's all this yellow tape, like, right outside my building, like, gunshots are loud, and somebody screaming in pain from a gunshot is not a game, you know what I'm saying? So, that shit was fucking crazy, and that shit happens anywhere and everywhere in New York, like, no neighborhood is better than other when it comes to that, boo, don't matter how far downtown you are you going to have to be dealing with some crazy shit all the time. So anyways, like the good news is that I remember one time I was just going downtown to get some breakfast, like really last minute decision. I just finished teaching a class and I was like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to Shake Shack because at one point Shake Shack sponsored me as a DJ and like I loved it and they gave me like coupons to get free food. So like, let me go use this coupon downtown. And as soon as I got there, I ended up on The Real, which is like a morning show and it was just so cool, like Tia, Tamara, Mori, like they're on it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's lit. You know, I got to be on TV and I just wasn't even trying. It just happened. And I thought that was a really cool moment, like things like that. Like, and yeah, that's the best part about New York is that it's just totally spontaneous. It's super fun. Every single day you feel like you're in the capital of the world. It's just lit to be there. You could just be walking and you're feeling yourself like 
that song, Concrete Jungle Where Dreams Are Made Of, like, yeah, you feel like that. You're like, yes, I'm in New York. And at the same time, it's just like this soul-crushing loneliness, this incessant, relentless grind culture. Like, it's just nonstop. Like, if you're not working 80 hours, there's something wrong with you. You know, you just had the best month of your life. You made a million dollars. Well, well, make two million. You know what I mean? Like, that's the energy of New York. Like, I was telling somebody in Amsterdam, it's interesting. Like, I remember when I first moved to Amsterdam, which was two years ago, like, the first thing they say to you out here, I've noticed, is like, you know, hi, nice to meet you. Like, and the first question is like, where are you from? And in New York, the first question is like, hey, what do you do? It's just like straight to the point. Like, New York is so about that business shit. It's like, what do you do? Because I need to know, like, how I can work with you. Like, are we going to be dating? Are we going to be like business partners? If not, I got to go. Like, that's kind of the energy in New York is like, how can we use each other for our agenda to climb to the top of whatever? Like, New Yorkers are always climbing and reaching something. Yo, sorry if you hear some noise. My neighbors are having a party. And uh, yeah, clubs in Amsterdam right now in 2021 are still shut down. Kind of whack, kind of lame. It's kind of crazy because I moved overseas. A big reason I moved over here was because I thought the party scene was better and it'd be more fun as a DJ and even trying the fitness stuff. I thought it's pretty comparable. Like New York to Amsterdam are totally different like places completely, but there's still a lot of underlying elements that are very like familiar and very like cohesive, you know, like I feel like if you're a person that likes New York City, you'll like Amsterdam. And that's usually what I've found. So many of my Dutch friends have lived in New York. Like literally, I know like 10 people that are from Amsterdam born here and have like lived in New York, whether it was for a few months or a few years, like New York, Amsterdam is definitely like, is definitely a wave, you know, and even some of the friends I've met just randomly around most people from America that end up like living here that I've met are from New York. I have one friend from California, one friend from Texas, but like, you know, New York is just in Amsterdam because the Dutch made New York. And now that I've lived in both places and been to museums and kind of know the history, you can feel a lot of Dutch influence in New York because the Dutch, I feel, are really good at city planning, like very efficient, you know, with the irrigation and planning the roads. Like the bike lanes out here are insane. Like you can bike the whole Netherlands. It makes sense. It's all on Google Maps. It's all up to date. Like Netherlands is on time because it's small, right? It's a small place. So it's not super small, though. It's medium. It's small enough, though, that everything is managed like roads and everything are taken care of construction gets done quickly you know updates on websites you're never really going to be in traffic like that like in new york you could end up being in traffic forever you know what i mean shit is just so hectic and non-stop so it's definitely a way more peaceful vibe in amsterdam and in return though i would feel like there is excitement out here. Amsterdam is super cool. Like, I, I think it's a great city. There's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of, like, nightlife. And that's what makes New York City and Amsterdam the same is because it's they're not cities that can rely on the weather. You know, it's not Vegas. It's not L.A. It's not the South. It's not Mexico where you're guaranteed warmth. Even Barcelona, right, where you can just go to a beach and you know it's going to be nice and you can do your thing no, New York City and Amsterdam got that bullshit weather. It might be raining one day. It might be nice for a day for sure, but it's not consistent. Like 
even in New York, one of my favorite festivals, EDC, they stopped coming to New York. And I was just sort of talking with people that I know in the scene. And they're like, yeah, it's just the weather. Because the few times I went, it was just raining and cold. And like, you don't want to be outside for eight hours soaked in rain at a festival. Like, that's just not fun. So both New York City and Amsterdam have that issue. Like, it's so making sure that there's a lot of indoor stuff and little silent discos. Like, I always DJ silent discos and there's escape rooms. Like, just so many alternative fun things to do you can always have like a cool interesting night you know so i do like both cities nightlife scenes they're both very very different european nightlife in general is like the way you dress it's like girls can wear sneakers like it's totally okay for you to wear sneakers at the club like actually you should like if you're not wearing sneakers in a club in amsterdam it's kind of confusing like now there are a few like bottle service places but it's not the norm. Whereas I feel like in New York, if you want to be out, you got to show out. You got to have the heels. You got to have the dress. You got to have the bag. You got to have the coat. You got to take a cab everywhere. It's like such a big like spectacle. So it can be fun. Both ways are fun. But me personally, I like to dance and have fun. That's why I did the DJing I did. That's why I was with the silent disco company I was in New York. I worked at a silent disco company DJing for like three years. And I was... so. There was three DJs. There's the hip hop DJ, that was the blue DJ. Then there's a red DJ, that was like the throwbacks, 80s, 90s, you know, throwback DJ. And then there was me, the green DJ, the EDM dance pop music DJ, because I was like, I want to bring this music to New York because New York is such a hip hop scene. Like, New York is hip hop, it's bachata, it's reggaeton, it's a lot of Spanish music, and it's a lot of hip hop. Like, hip hop is. New York, New York is breeds hip hop. And that's cool. Like, you know, I fuck with it. It's just me personally, musically, I definitely resonate with more dance, disco, and even rock music. And I feel like New York definitely has all the music for sure. Like you can find what you're looking for, but the dominant force musically in New York is hip hop. So especially as a DJ, it was way harder to get gigs as a pop EDM DJ, you know what I mean? It's just, if I was doing hip-hop, I'd be overbooked. And when I did choose to do hip-hop, that was pretty much the case. It was like, yeah, but for me, like I said, like, I don't know. It's definitely something I listen to, but it's not, like, my passion musically. So being able to play more dance, more electronic, more rock-infused music, like, that's where Europe is for. Like, you know, Europe is definitely more about that wave, like techno house that's definitely going to be way more common out here and even as a dj it's way more specific like in new york i can get away with doing open format top 40 like open format djing means you can just play anything like one minute you could be playing like you know some guns and roses and the next minute you could play michael jackson and then you could play taylor swift and then you could play some tiesto as long as you can really pull it together open format allows you to just mix up genres. So that was definitely a thing in New York, whereas like in Amsterdam, it's like, no, this is acid house only. Like this is like 1970s, you know, disco and funk and B minor night. Like it's super (laughs) specific. Like whatever's on the flyer is what you're going to get. And I, I do respect that. And I like that. And even as a DJ, it's so much more relaxing on the mind. And even the equipment setup, the norm between European DJing, and American DJing, like, Americans always have the laptop. 
Whereas in Amsterdam and most of Europe, it's not. It's ears only. You have to be able to use your ears to mix, which also definitely makes you a better DJ technically. So I definitely appreciate that. So I personally feel like the clubs are more laid out for dancing in Europe. They're definitely more about the dance vibe, the community vibe, wear what you want. So personally, for me, the way I like to experience clubbing, I'm going to have to go with like, I fuck with Europe over New York for that reason. And New York be getting way too packed in them clubs, man. Like, let people in, make it lit. But when it gets overpacked, no one's having fun. Like I said, like, people touching me really got to me in New York. Because even when you're just walking in the street, people will just be like running into you and bumping into you and physically touching you. And I'm just like, that's a lot. Like you're at the grocery store and somebody like digs their elbow into you. Like in New York city, it's crazy. People are super lonely and it's because it's like so overwhelmingly packed. Like you never have a moment of privacy, but you're always anonymous. So it kind of doesn't matter. Like you will never see these people again, unless it's intentional, unless you can set up time to see people a hundred percent. But if you're not like really sticking to the plan with some people, you're not going to just like randomly run into people in New York. Whereas in Amsterdam and even like my hometown in Morgantown, even in like Washington, DC, there's a way more community essence to it. It's like, you know, you might kind of maybe see people in your neighborhood. You might kind of maybe see people in your building in New York, but it's just not like, there's no guarantees. Like you may not see your next door neighbor for six years. Like that is how, and you may not even know their name. Like you don't even have to speak to your neighbor. Like that's not really a thing out here. Whereas in Amsterdam, you kind of, it's good to know your neighbor. It's good to know people and have a good rapport, even with people that you don't know. Like the people that work at the grocery store, the people that work at the coffee shop, like you will see them again. Like you're going to see them every day. So it's a way more in better incentive like to be nice to people out here. Whereas in New York, everybody's just kind of just shady because they can be. Like New York City feels like a social experiment. Like let's see how people act if, you know, they feel like they're not being watched. And I feel like that's really, that sums it up in New York. There's no accountability. That's why the dating situation is so messy. That's why Sex in the City, that show exists it definitely needs its own show just the way people interact in new york with each other like that's why all the movies in the world are all based in new york because new york is just 25 different million galaxies all existing at once you know whereas amsterdam it's like a cute little town that's so cool and it has all these fun things to do and weed is legal and psychedelics are legal and prostitution and it's open-minded you can ride a bike it's all about saving the environment like Amsterdam's wavy you know everybody wears like bell bottoms and shit and like everyone from all around the world comes here and you can ride a boat you be in the boat smoking a J on the canal drinking a beer it's like oh shit go out dance till 4 a.m wake up have some pancakes croissants some dutch cheese and everything's safe and quaint and the economy's good but I, I don't know if it's a movie scene. Like, what's the movie? It's definitely a rom-com. Amsterdam could definitely have some <laughs> some good romantic comedies where it's all happy and stuff. But New York City, man, that shit is Gotham. That shit is crazy. Like, every movie and TV show you've seen about New York is accurate. Even the alien ones, all of it, that shit. In New York, you always feel like 
it could go down. That's why everybody's on edge all the time because shit could really go down because New York City is the most hype. It's the most lit. Like, New York City single-handedly holds down America. Nobody gives a fuck about America. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck about America. People give a fuck about New York City. LA would not exist without New York. Nobody cares about Washington, D.C. Miami, what? No. Nah, boo. Now, I do love the Grand Canyon. For me, in America, I love, 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 love the Grand Canyon. Man, you have to go. It's so cleansing. It's just epic. It, Man, you gotta go to the Grand Canyon. And I also like Vegas. Weirdly enough, I do, in America, I do like Vegas. It's just, Vegas also feels, you feel on edge. Man, so many times, just shit is just crazy in Vegas. I remember one time I was just standing outside a hotel. This limo rolls up and this guy just falls out of it and just drops his bag of Coke and he's like all over the place and a bloody face. And I was just like, I gotta get out of here. Vegas is, whew, give me a weekend. I could do it like maybe once once uh, every two years, once a year even, but it's it's a lot, maybe just a weekend. Whereas New York, it's a lot. New York is definitely crazier than Vegas. But New York is an addiction, okay? It's a habit. You need New York. As much as you need to get out of New York and get off of New York, you need it, and it's terrible, and you're dependent on it, and it's so hectic. And, like, you know, Sex in the City, man, <laughs> heading back to that show. Basically, I'll put it to you like this. When I saw Sex in the City, I was living in West Virginia, and... I remember I saw the movie and, you know, Carrie and Big are like the main characters. I'm Carrie, by the way. Every girl, you got to know if you're Carrie, Miranda, or, oh shit, Samantha. Who else? Charlotte. Yes. Anyways, though. Yes, Carrie and Big, they end up getting married and he ends up leaving her at the altar. This was in the Sex and the City movie that came out after like seven seasons of the show. It was like, it was like a big show at the time. I feel like Sex and the City made a huge cultural impact on people. Like, it was a big reason I wanted to move to New York. Like, it did promote a lot of, obviously, sex and dating, but it promoted a lot of good things, like women being independent and, like, you know, you can really be a boss in New York. You can really start from zero and go to 10 million. Like, there's no limit in New York. That's why I love New York, and that's why, as much as I fucking hate it, at the end of the day, if you need to reinvent yourself, get your shit together real quick, that's what New York's about. Like, you always have that opportunity in New York. So, forever, New York. I fucking love you, but I hate you. Oh, my God. Anyways, though, Big ends up leaving Carrie at the altar. And ah, I remember when I was in West Virginia, I was so upset. I was like, this movie is terrible. It's sending a terrible message to people. And she takes him back. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe she would do that. You know, she's such a weak woman and all this stuff. And I hated it. I was so mad that that's how my favorite series went down. But they were in this really toxic relationship, always cheating on each other with each other in and out of relationships for like 10 years. Like he was such a douchebag and she just became just so whack whenever she was around him, all insecure. And it was just like, but then once I moved to New York and dealt with these psychopaths and started realizing how people are, I was like, shit, girl, I see why you took him back because... You ain't really nothing much better out here, man. And it definitely takes a certain type of person to deal with New York long-term. Like, if you have long-term New York energy, 
God bless you, mommy. <laughs> God bless you. That's see, only New Yorkers understand that. I don't know why, but if I don't know if people still say it, but God bless you, mommy, for whatever reason. If you're a female, you're gonna hear that at least like six times a day if you go to New York. I don't know, but that's like something they say. Anyways, though, it's a lot of crazy people in New York. I did meet my boyfriend in New York, and he's actually from New York. That's how much I love New York. Like, I see it's an addiction. It is an addiction. I wanted to leave New York, but now I literally can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, my boyfriend is like born in New York City. Like, that is how addictive New York City is. is you know, I was going crazy because the sounds, the noise, the construction. Oh my goodness, the construction. I was outside cussing somebody out, screaming at somebody every single day, 6 a.m. And no, for real though, like New York City, you you might experience hearing loss. Between the subway and the construction, the, the decibel is way too loud. Like I learned that in the bodies exhibit. Back to that first story I told when I went to Atlanta, I went to this museum called the Bodies Exhibit. Actually, that place, you should go. They have it in major cities. It's really interesting, and it it opened up the lungs of people that lived in New York City and Beijing and these cities where there's millions of people because I think New York City, don't quote me because I don't know exact, but it's like 8 million, maybe 10 million people, something like that, just in Manhattan. I don't know exactly. I'm not the best with the statistics, but it's it's over 8 million people in Manhattan you know, the island. I lived in Harlem, which is Manhattan, so there'd be sometimes months where I was in that crazy cycle of millions of people, so much crazy energy and thoughts and all that just flowing. It really, you're running on adrenaline. You are on an adrenaline hit. Like, New York City is just like, as soon as you land on day one, it's just like, just burn till you can no more, because shit, you you gonna burn out, but you're also gonna be so lit and like, the pressure really put me into a diamond. It really turned me into a diamond. Like, I came in broke. I came in lost. You don't got time. You don't got time to be broke and lost in New York. Like, you're going to be broke and lost for, like, two seconds because rent's due and you got to figure it out. Either you in or you out. And if you in, let's get to work. That's it. Three, two, one, New York. Three, two, you already should have been ready when I said two. You know, you should have been out the door when I was counting at three. You wanted to sleep tonight? You don't need to sleep tonight. You don't even want to sleep. You know how many times I would DJ these parties on like Saturday night, the silent discos and Times Square, or just any sort of gig I had. And then like I sometimes would just stay up and then go teach a spin class right after, like just constantly like and I realized that about myself, like my role in life is definitely to be with people and groups and to bring the music and to bring the vibe and to like guide people like I realized I did my human design chart which is this really weird, like, spiritual community sort of way of understanding yourself better. Like, everyone has a unique human design based off their biochemistry and and astral birth chart and things like that. And basically, I found out I'm a projector, which is literally I, my role in life is to guide people and to, you know, help people see things differently. And as a trainer and even as a DJ, right, I'm opening your mind. Like, that's something... You know, that's why I love teaching spin. I love teaching the classes because I get to combine my passion of music and fitness into one. And the thing is with the music, like you got to listen to music that challenges you sometimes. Like pop music is good and it's fun, but it's sometimes really simple. So start listening to more music with real instruments and like older rock songs and disco songs and songs that change all of a sudden in the middle. And, And you need real music in your life. I 
think music is definitely like the highest form of healing. That's why we love it so much. That's why I just it feels so good because we are we are feelings. We are vibrations. We are vibrational beings. So music is vibrations, it's harmony, and that's really what we actually are all wanting and craving. We really want to feel the way music makes us feel all the time. Connected, understood, in tune, in sync, fully present. That's really what music is about. That's why I got into DJing. That's why I'm going to be launching my own fitness studio soon. It's fucking terrifying. That's what's next. That's honestly what is next for me is to build my own brand, to build my own community. And if you're listening to this, you should come to my class. And if you don't live in Amsterdam, don't worry. The studios will end up everywhere one day. And until then, you can follow along online. So that is what is next in my heart. That's what it's telling me to do. 2020 really had so many things just shifting for me. Like everything got taken away. Like all of a sudden I can't DJ. I can't teach classes. And I was doing my personal training online, which I'll always do. And I love doing that as well. It's just, I feel myself so ready to expand. So ready to grow something that's bigger than myself. And I think that this method and this music-based fitness I want to bring to the world is really going to be fun. Like, we got to have fun with it too. It's got to be something you want to do. And I want to combine my personal training with my love for music, my DJing, my party self, and give an effective, fun, music-based fitness workout. And I have the name. I'm not going to reveal it yet. So super excited for that. I feel it coming. I've been playing the bass guitar too. I started playing my favorite instrument. Guitar has always been my favorite instrument. So weird, guys. I've just been having so many downloads. It's it's great that I can share with the podcast if you're still listening. You're the realist. Anyways, so just been sitting back and really downloading this year. 2020 just forced me to really think about, okay, everything got taken away. Let me pause. Let me just refresh. 2020 was like my first pause because I moved to Amsterdam in 2019, hit the ground running. I had three business mentors with me. I I flew overseas with a business mentor and I hired two that summer. I wasn't playing games. I wasn't going out unless it was to DJ or to network. And so I got a few gigs right out the gate. You know, I was training people. I had my mentors. I was building my online business, started working at Rowcycle, started teaching these spin classes, started working with the Dutch clients. That was like the last six months of 2020. And then, sorry, 2019. You still with me? That was 2019. Just moved there. Started teaching at Rose Cycle, all that. And then 2020 hit. So, you know, my business permit only started in July 2019. I moved there in March, but the permit and everything I was allowed to do, you know, I only had like six months of my Amsterdam life, really, that felt like, okay, cool. I got it flowing. I felt like I figured it out and I met the people and I was in it. And then it all just okay, now you're home alone on the computer. That's it. You, you can't go teach. You can't go DJ. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do with all this time that you're not out biking to these places, that you're not out doing these things? And I spent a lot of it doing mindset work, journaling, diving into my trauma, diving into the reasons I felt like I've been holding myself back, starting this podcast, doing the things that I always wanted to do but said I didn't have time to do, getting back on my YouTube, remembering why I started. And why I started was to share with people 
what has given my life so much purpose and meaning, which is fitness and music, both. Like, I can't, I feel like maybe it's because I'm a twin. Like, I feel like when I'm a twin, when you're a twin, it's like, you just, because you were in the womb with somebody else, you just have this duality, I think. You feel, when you're a twin, like you're half of a whole. Like, you're a whole person, 100%, but it's like, I've always felt this sense of duality. Like, me and my twin brother, I feel like we, like, we are yin and yang, you know what I mean? If you know us both, then you completely understand, like, you're not going to completely understand me until you've met him and experienced his energy and put us side by side, and then you'll see, it's like, oh, shit, this is the complete you, you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm a complete person, 100%. Like, I don't need my brother. Love him, but you know what I mean? We can go months without talking. Like, we're close, but, like, we can, you know, we're also two completely different people. Like, he hasn't even been to Amsterdam yet. You know what I mean? He hates New York. Like, my definition of fun and, like, success, whatever that is, flip it to the opposite, and that's my brother. He likes to read. He likes to research. He's all about philosophy. He's all about, you know... An introverted lifestyle. He loves gaming. He don't want to get on no plane and do no crazy shit. Like I want to get on a plane and do crazy shit. Like I'm in Thailand on some boats, climbing mountains and out in the jungle and whitewater rafting and doing all sorts of stuff. And he's a little more reserved. You know, he likes to have fun. He's not like boring, but he definitely is a more like he really likes he really likes research and he really likes that sort of stuff. So basically. Um, it's funny because one time he was in New York, he came to visit a few times, but like I took him out to see my friend's band. She was also a twin too. I took him out to see her play. And then like he left, he like went inside for like literally 90 seconds and he left. And then, so, you know, I stayed for like an hour, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with him. And when I got back, he was like reading a book about black holes. Like that is him. You know what I mean? Like he's not bothered to be out. Meanwhile, I'm a DJ. You know what I'm saying? So like we're just so different. But anyways, I think because of that, like the only two things I really want to do are music and fitness. Like I have to do both. Like I remember when I broke my foot in New York, I was also in a weird position. Yeah, when I lived there, my worst fear happened, which is breaking like a foot because you gotta be able to walk in New York, you gotta be able to kick, you gotta be able to run, so I was like, oh, I felt so, like, helpless, I hated that feeling, like, so I was just in the house constantly for, like, two months, but I did go do my DJ gigs, I was just crutching myself, I had it, like, I'd prop my leg up, but anyways, like, I had a moment where the only thing I really could do, because at that time, I wasn't doing anything online, that's also what prompted me to go online, I was like, shit, I can't rely on, you know, needing to always need my body for things, but I also do like to use my body for things. So I was still going out DJing on a broken foot in New York. Anyways, that moment though, I was just at home working on music constantly and it was fun. It was great. I ended up releasing like a a little EDM track called Rage and it was cool. It's just that, I don't know, like I need both. Like it's really not fun to only do fitness, but it's also really not fun to just do music. So that's really what I realized about myself is that that is my unique energetic signature that I bring to the world is like just this desire, this burning desire to combine these things in a meaningful way. And like, I know that my method is so unique. Now it's like, okay, I didn't invent the wheel. It was a fitness class as a studio. It's just that (laughs) my method is so not done before. And I'm just so excited to like bring it out. And I feel like 
after teaching almost like 20,000 group fitness classes, it's time. It's time to do it. I clearly love it. And I today I went back and I taught my first classes after seven months. And I was like, wow, I freaking love this shit. Like, this is so fun for me. Like, there's not much else I'd rather be doing, you know? There's not much else I'd rather be doing. If I'm not teaching a class, just put me on, on some sort of stage or platform and I'll play music for people. Whether I'm playing the guitar, whether I'm playing, like, I remember when I was in college, me, my twin brother, and my best friend, we literally beat Guitar Hero on Expert. Like, we committed. Frederica, her aunt, got us a TV, and we played that game, like, every single day till we were able to beat it on Expert. I was guitar, Frederica was a vocalist, my brother, he played the drums, and he played the drums in real life. And I played the guitar in real life. So yeah, it was just like, I love it, you know, like <laughs> whatever it has to do with it, I'm there for it. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at right now. Everything's going good. Training is my life. And I, you know, I feel like in New York, I was fully committed. I'm always fully, 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 fully committed to being my most fit self, like a hundred percent. I'm doing this for me. It's just as a business, as something for other people. It took me a while to really realize that I'm not going to come off this path. Like if I'm in it, I'm in it. You know what I mean? Like even if I know something has an end date while I'm there, I'm fully there. You know, it's just that it took all of this happening, I think, for it to really solidify for me. Like this is more than just like a business for you. This is actually like your mission and because of all the traumatic things I've been through growing up and abuse and things like that, you know, your mind and your heart numbs and you don't know how to process things and you have a lot of things that you have to work through. You got to clear the shit out basically, right? Like if you want new ideas and information and downloads to come in, you got to clear the shit out, right? Like I learned that by having a garden. So I do like Amsterdam because it's a little mix of my hometown of Morgantown, a farm town, which is super nature. Like I'm a nature kid. You know what I mean? I grew up with small town, you know, trees outside. You're always in the woods. You have to know different species of plants and bears and you get poison ivy in a second. You know, you got to be looking out for rabbits and raccoons and snakes in your house, right? So coming to Amsterdam, you know, I now live in a part of town that is more like trees and nature and like I have a garden and you know I'm back to sort of more natural lifestyle and riding a bike but at the same time it's still a major city like Amsterdam it's it's small but it's still on the map they got a world trade center here you know they got Michelle Obama comes here they got the soccer domes like there's a lot happening here's an Olympic stadium so I do feel like Amsterdam still has big city opportunities and yeah it really does so I do think that it's a good blend of both the places I lived I think at one point though I will be back in New York like my plan is to split my time so I don't want to be anywhere 365 days of a year that's also what I learned in 2020 I was in Amsterdam for 300 and like 50 ish days you know I went back to Morgantown for Christmas for like two weeks you know so yeah I spent pretty much an entire calendar year in Amsterdam and like Amsterdam's amazing like hey if you were going to get locked down like this is by far the number one place I would want to be in a lockdown but I also do not want to be anywhere 365 days of a year it felt really stale like 
I love traveling. That's something I've been doing for a long time. I remember like when I first started making money, I remember I was like surprised. Like I feel like, yeah, it was second or third year I moved to New York. First year was absolute shit show. Second year was kind of making up for that shit show. But I was flowing. By year two or three, I finally started having like disposable income. And I was like, oh, shit. Like I have a lot of money. I, I'm going to start traveling. So I went to Thailand. I went to Miami. Went to Jamaica a few times. Started going to Europe. That's how I actually ended up in Amsterdam. Like I actually came on a trip. Um, and yeah, I was with my ex. And he brought me over to Amsterdam. And, you know, I ended up falling in love with the city as soon as I landed like soon as I landed on the plane, I was like, yo, I'm going to live here. My intuition hit me. See, that's the thing. Anytime I've had a major download, a major life change, it just hits me. And it's like a loud voice that will not let me veer off that path. Like when I was meant to become a trainer, that was it. It was like, I was in the gym, saw a sign on the walls, like, Hey, come be a spin instructor went, took a spin class, got certified, became a spin instructor at that gym in like less than a month. You know, when I became a DJ, it was the same thing. September, 2014, I was like, I'm a DJ. A few months later, literally January, 2015, like four months later, I'm out DJing clubs. You know, like when I was meant to move to New York, 10 days before I go, my soul was like, go to New York, got a one-way rental, ended up living there for eight years. You know what I mean? every single time the day i met my boyfriend now dom like day one uh we were it was just it it was like okay yep this is it like i want to be around you all the time you know like forever best friend instantly and even when i decided to move to amsterdam as soon as i hit that airport boom right so i'm not saying everything in life has to be like that because sometimes things are gradual like Sometimes things take time. Everything takes time, but certain things you got to listen to. And that's what hit me the other day. Something hit me so fucking hard. I don't remember where I was, but it was just like open a studio. It was like, go now. And I have had the moments of thinking about that. Like opening a studio isn't something that obviously hasn't crossed my mind as an instructor for 12 years as a personal trainer. I mean, it's, it's something that I always think about. I've always thought about, you know, customer service and what I'd do if I owned this studio or this or that, but I never was quite sure when. I, I don't know, or even if, honestly. Yeah, I don't even think it was an if until about three days ago when it just hit me. It was like, open the studio. I was like, oh, okay, intuition, you really mean that shit. Let's go, you know what I mean? I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know if, if actually having a studio and having a fitness brand was going to be my mission. And it is, it's part of who I am and where I'm at now, what I know I'm meant to bring to the table. So really excited to share that with y'all. And yeah, even as far as the music stuff goes, being able to play my music at my studio, come on, that's lit. So really excited for that. Really excited to finally be able to like make this happen. I think this is something that's been subconscious for a long time. It's definitely been subconscious. I think just maybe it wasn't supposed to happen in New York. Like, even though I spent most of my career in fitness in New York, I think maybe part of that was to bring that energy to the Netherlands where it could be even more well-received because it's so different. It's such a contrast. And I think that's what life is about. And even in my human design chart, and even like I had a tarot card reading recently that was super like 
crazy telling me that I needed to spend a lot more time alone, which happened, which is happening now. This is why I'm making this podcast. Like, I'm like, shit, I've been alone all day. Like, you know, my boyfriend, he's been on tour for months now. His band has been booked like nonstop and I'm so happy for them. Like, I want him to be on tour. But because of that, like, okay, here in this foreign country, just kind of alone outside of my classes, which are great. I love seeing people 100%, but you know, classes are 45 minutes each, you know, that sort of thing. People are busy you know, you're not going to hang out all day at the studio. So it's like, I'm alone a lot more now. And even the tarot card reading was just saying like, yeah, just it's going to be a crazy time in your life. And it's really time for you to like up level. And and I'm just like, yo, shit, it's just written for me. It's all in the stars. Whatever you decide is already yours. And so much of my life, like I said, it's about bringing groups of people together. Like, of course, Obviously, I want to create this community on the internet. I love the internet. It's just, I know that part of what I meant to do is to bring an in-person flair to things. You know, I think some people realized, hey, my life and who I am is like even better on a digital level. Like for some people, being 100% digital is like the wave. For me, it's always been hard. Like I have, I know I have a personality. I know that I'm not camera shy and I'm good at public speaking and I have ideas and I have visions and like, you know, me having a YouTube channel has been such an up and down journey just because I am such an in-person person. I love doing in-person stuff. But then it's like we live in this world where it's almost like numbers and having proof of this stuff matters more than actually doing this stuff. And I think I've just been so focused on being the experience, being my best, being fit, and not so much documenting it And I think now with my fitness studio, I'll be able to live stream the classes and just sort of capture what I'm naturally doing on a day-to-day basis, which is empowering people. Like I interact with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people a day. When classes were 60 to 100 people, like on a day when I would, like Saturday in New York City for five years, I taught four classes, a lot of times five because people always sub in their classes last minute. I taught four classes. And then after that, I would go DJ at my residency at stage 48 in Times Square. So like on a Saturday, I'd be interacting with thousands of people, just like vibing with people, you know, people getting my social media, saying hi and things like that. You know, that's just so much more me. But at the same time, I guess I also realize it's good to have a time capsule. It's good to have a video documentation and sharing with people. And that's why I have this podcast and and things like that. So I just want to share everything that's going on because fitness isn't just about, okay, eat right, work out. It's like, how do we make this a lifestyle? Why should we even give a fuck? Like, you know, we got to remember that it's about being our best. It's about showing up for ourselves. That's about living your dreams because it's really scary. Like I'm terrified. I can't even believe I announced this on the podcast. Like what? Like I never make announcements. Like Nobody knew I was moving to Amsterdam. Like when I moved to New York, I remember I didn't even tell people. I didn't really tell people until like a few months in. Once I found my apartment, once I sort of had a flow going, that's when I was like, yeah, okay. I like live in New York. Okay, let me like, you know, because like if shit happened, I don't want to be looking crazy. Same with Amsterdam. Like I came over, I kept my lease in New York just for an extra month, just to be sure. You know what I mean? They got tiptoe into some shit sometimes. Like you got a quantum leap mentally. But then physically, sometimes you got to tiptoe, you know, I was still covering my bases. And and so that's why I'm like, wow, for me to even announce that I am opening a studio, just like, boom, is like, no, for real, like, this is it, like, dead ass, like, it's really going to happen. 
and I'm really excited for what's going to come and I'm really excited for you to be a part of it and try the workout and hear the music and get into the vibe of it and yeah that's really it just talking about my life today Saturday had my glass of wine smoking a little of that weed best weed in the world is Amsterdam man New York City just made weed legal so I think that's cool it's about time man it's so I'm so happy to live in a place where people get it it's a non-toxic plant weed can't kill you it can't have any health effects there's no health effects it's a medicine stop making it weird y'all making it weird like sometimes people are like oh you smoke weed like it has never killed anybody it's literally prescribed as medicine it's not weird anymore i officially declare openly talking about the fact that you use me mead <laughs> that you use weed marijuana if you smoking that you vaping that if you eating edibles good for you it's medicinal. That's it. Stop making it crazy. Anyways, um, that's kind of it. You know, I'm going to go ahead and, and play my bass. It's Saturday night. And I don't feel like watching a movie, but I don't feel like going to bed. So play an instrument, guys. Play an instrument. Play the drum. Play the violin. Play any instrument. It's so fun. It's so rewarding to be able to express yourself through music. And we all have it within us. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not a musician. Yes, you are. Everybody can be because we all listen to music. So we all subconsciously have been listening to music for such a long time that we all can get it. If you want it, you can. Not saying you're going to be the next, you know, biggest thing. Just because you do it for fun don't mean you can sell it. And that's another thing, too, is like, even for myself, I have had to reapproach how I am pursuing music, what I am pursuing in music. Because I was definitely, like, I got a few offers to really like be in the EDM world and be an EDM DJ and make that sort of music. And I think that's great. I think that's cool. And the thing is though, is that I still wasn't all the way sure. And I don't feel like those offers won't be there later. I just feel like, I don't know if that's my style of music, if that's really what I want to create for the world. And like, I'm just not somebody that's going to do something just for money or just to like get popular. Like it's not just about numbers. It's about the version of yourself that you literally feel the best about bringing to the world. And that's also what fitness is about. Like, like for me, you know what I really truly fucking know is that anything and everything I do can and will pop off. Like it's just a decision. Like if you want to be successful and you do the right things, you will be. It's like, it doesn't have to be this big surprise. That's why I don't really like the rags to riches and the this and that. Like, of course, I admire people that work hard and go through hard shit and, and work on themselves. But it's like, that's just it. Like, it's not like a surprise. It's not like a one in a million shot of people being successful. Like, if you literally just do the work and keep doing the work, you'll be successful. Even in music. Like, if you just sit there and practice your scales and practice your instrument Eventually you get good at it and you make a good song and you make money. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh yeah, it's like a fairy tale of being successful. Like success isn't a fairy tale. It's a choice. It's a very deliberate choice. You got to decide what you want. You know, a lot of times, like I said, you'll get those intuitive hits. The things you want to do are usually things that you're good at. So that also helps. Like you're going to actually want to do it and then you start doing it and you get consistent and then you get paid and then you get rewarded and recognized like that's literally the path to success in anything fitness music you want to be a marketing director you want to go to school you want to make a sweater you want to make a cake that's the same process you know what i mean so 
for me, it's not ever been about like, oh, I don't think I'll be successful. I think it's more been about like, who do I want to be that's successful? Like, what version of me, what is my version of success? And yeah, I think it's definitely combining the music, it's combining the fitness. It's even like playing, like as a DJ, your turntables, your computer, that's like your main instrument. And as much as I do love making music, producing all electronically, all electronic sounds, I don't know if I can commit to that for like, you know, a long time. And obviously you can always change your sound. It's not like you can't change your sound, but you know, you kind of, you want to get into a flow with some things. You want to master it. So that's why playing the bass, like playing guitar has always meant so much to me. And I just wanted to really make sure that like I gave that its full chance, you know, and really do music that way and and really give myself full chance to play music and do things I want, how I want to do it. Like fuck the age shit. It doesn't matter. You're going to be doing shit every single day you're here is an opportunity. Like we got to sometimes stop caring about age and it's too late and this and that. Like you woke up, you woke up and that wasn't promised. So if you're still here, it's because you are still supposed to be providing and bringing that energy that only you got, you know what I mean? So as long as you're here, as long as you breathe and as long as you woke up, that's your, your opportunity to do everything and anything you want to do. So on that note, I'm going to head out. Let me know what you're thinking about it. Let me know if you're excited for me to share with you what's going on with my studio and my YouTube. And if you're feeling the episodes, please be sure to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Y'all are lit. Stay fit. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me at aminazina underscore fitness because 